Daily Tennis Tip, Episode 239. What's the difference between a volley and a rally in tennis? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Wherever you... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Remember when you had the excuse you don't have any time to learn the game of tennis? Well, you can throw that out the window. Check out my Accelerator Tennis System. It's a fresh start guide on how to play smart tennis. So if you're new and you're looking to learn the sport, or you're a lapsed player looking to get back into thing, back into tennis, or perhaps you're an existing player that's reached a glass ceiling, check out my Accelerator Tennis System. It's a fresh start guide on how to play smart tennis. Check it out on BackhandCity.com. Or check out the Who is Brian link in the show notes. Well, today's topic, what's the difference between a volley and a rally in tennis? And I think the first things we need to do is just define both of them. Because I think for neophyte, novice, or beginner tennis players, they often get confusing to people. And in fact, a lot of times... These new tennis players use these terms improperly, which is a dead giveaway to their playing level even before they step on the court. Here's something I'll hear in the park a lot. Hey, Ralph, want to go for a volley? All right. So really what Ralph is saying here or what he's saying to his friends, Ralph, is that you're going to go to the tennis court and you're not going to let the ball bounce. You're just going to hit every ball in the air. It's as if you were playing volleyball with tennis rackets. So a volley is a shot that's intercepted before it hits the ground. A rally is the beginning of a point to the end of the point. So what he should have said was, hey, Ralph, care for a rally, right? Within that would be forehand and backhand ground strokes, maybe a half volley, maybe even a serve. And within there, maybe a volley happened within the rally. So why is this important? I think one of the reasons it's important because understanding terminology is crucial for your learning curve. And I think tennis in particular has a lot of tennis jargon, idiom, and expressions that are really confusing to the neophyte tennis player. And I think it's important for me to go through some of this sample jargon and kind of walk you through it and then we can kind of talk about what you can do with this once you're on the tennis court. Here are some sample tennis terms that I'm referring to. One is an ace. You probably know what that is. Advantage or ad court can confuse people. The approach shot, ATP, backskin or backspin rather, cross court, deuce and deuce court, a double bagel, Anybody know what a double bagel is? It's only a good thing if you're on the right side of it. A double bagel is when you win 6-0, 6-0. Obviously, you've got singles and doubles. You've got down the line shots. You've got unforced errors. 
you've got foot faults, you've got forced errors, you have ground strokes. We just mentioned a, a volley. And maybe you're watching tennis on, tele, on television and you hear the term hold serve. You even hear that in a lot of other sports when a home team wins their game or match or in a series, you'll hear them saying uh, they, they held serve, which is really a tennis idiom. You've probably also heard this a lot, which is really confusing to new tennis players, and that's an inside-out forehand or a kick serve. Or maybe you've heard somebody say, hey, let's play a let. What does that mean? It's got many levels to it. Of course, you got match points, you got mini breaks, and then you've got the dreaded moon baller. What are they talking about when you're referring to a moon baller? Of course, you've got overheads, you've got smashes, you've got tiebreakers, you've got underspins, you've got, of course, wild cards. So what do all these terms mean and why are they so important when you're learning the sport of tennis? And I think one of the things you need to take into context here is exactly that. What is the context you're learning this this in? And I think one of the first things that I do with students, especially beginner classes, is we just explain the different lines on the tennis court. And one of the reasons I do this is to kind of layer in progressions their knowledge. And the other thing is more practical. I want them to understand how to take direction and where the lines are on the court. So for instance, when I'm telling students to stand on the baseline, a lot of times they don't know where that is. And it, it obviously, one of the things that happens is a, People confuse it with the service line. So we spend a lot of time defining what the service line is, the baseline, what's the hash mark, what's the significance to the right of the hash mark, where is the add cord compared to the deuce cord, where are the service boxes, what happens when the ball lands on the line, what happens when the ball just nips the line. So a lot of these things can be incorporated into your tennis program, and they're a lot of fun. You can make them dynamic. You can do pop quizzes. Often what I'll do is I'll have students go stand on that particular line. It's especially fun in group classes where it's more of a collaborative effort, and people can kind of phone a friend, if you will, to get hints about which lines belong where. And I think one of the things you're finding, especially in progression-based tennis instruction, is it's important to take small bites off the information because there is a lot of terminology out there that can be confusing. And I see it a lot on YouTube. People are trying to teach tennis and they're using these confusing terminology and idioms and people have no idea what they're talking about. You know, and I think when it comes to online courses, there's some skepticism with how can I learn tennis when I'm sitting in front of my computer or my mobile phone or my iPad. And I think what you're seeing is all the world information is on the internet about how to play tennis. There's an encyclopedia of data out there, but it's going to be very difficult for the new or neophyte tennis player to kind of figure it all out, compile it all. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. And then you need to put it in order, define everything and make sense about all, out of all of it. So it's one of the reasons I designed the Accelerator Tennis System because it goes through each progression step-by-step, step, layering in not only the technical information, but really the focus of this podcast is the terminology as well. So one of the things I do is not only do I translate what this terminology means, but I break it down into 
everyday words. So I kind of strip away the confusing heritage of these idioms and I just turn them into basic words. For instance, rather than talking about pronation, I'll just talk about what direction your racket face is pointing at contact. So we'll use words like square, open, close, everyday words that people can easily consume and process. So when they get out on the practice court, they not only have a visual of what this looks like, but they can articulate what's going as going on as well. So in fact, I, I take this so seriously, within the course, I include pop quizzes that you have to answer as you go through the course to make sure you're understanding the concepts with the terminology. So I hope that helps you understand not only the difference between a volley, which is something you intercept in the air, and a rally, which is the beginning of the point to the end of the point, but as well, it's kind of a sneak preview about my philosophy and how you can get better learning in a progression-based tennis court. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. And don't forget, if you're looking for tennis partners, log on to my website and hit on the blog link. And once you're there, you can just fill out your first name, last name, and email, and you can go in and look for tennis partners with my free Find a Tennis Partner service. Once you're inside the dashboard, all you got to do is decorate your profile and start searching for practice partners. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. I will chat with you tomorrow. That's when-